Hi, and welcome to the Fractal Marketing Podcast. My name is Jared Doyle, and on this show, I take marketing questions from listeners and provide answers so that everybody who tunes in can learn a little bit more about marketing and hopefully find some ideas for their business. Hi, and welcome to episode eight of the Fractal Startup Marketing Podcast. Uh, Today, we're starting the first of a two-part special series, I guess, on SEO. So I put a shout out for some SEO questions and got a bunch of them back. So I'm going to try to tackle three sites each podcast. So today, we're going to be looking at one site which specializes in marketing for the adult and risque uh, industry. It's quite a niche market. Uh, Another website, Fair and Square. And third website, My Presences. So all quite different. Hopefully there's a few tips and tricks along the way that you can learn, but we'll jump straight in. So the first uh, website that I'm going to look at today is for Nicole Jensen, who submitted her website, which I'm going to have trouble pronouncing the name of, Quintrella Consulting. So it's Q-U-A-I-N-T-R-E-L-L-E dot consultancy. So I did a little bit of search and it's sort of, it's a French word um, and it works well with their brand. So I really like the, the play on it. It's just one of those ones where I didn't know the word before I started looking at it. So obviously a new website. So there's not going to be a huge amount of in-depth detailed SEO here. So this is going to be much more about just getting the basics right. So first thing I did, load up the website, had a quick look around, got an idea about the services. So very much around website, blogging, digital marketing services, chatbots, but for the adult and risque industry. So, you know, nice business, nice niche. I could see how that could could work really well. And so the first thing I do is do a little SEO brand check. Now, the difficulty here is because you've picked, well, it's kind of a generic word, but a single word as the company brand, the first thing you really want to do is make sure you're owning that brand. And unfortunately, that's going to be difficult to do in the position you're in. So by typing in Quintella, Quintrella, sorry, I just can't get that right, um, into Google, you know, you don't appear number one. In fact, you don't appear for quite a way down those searches. So I guess your first priority really is around owning your brand in the search. And so, you know, normally we sort of investigate with SEO commercial terms where potential customers might be looking, you know, for services, but don't know your business and you can convert them. In this case, your focus really on the next three months is to rank for your brand. A couple of tips on that. So the first thing is you're using quite a eccentric extravagant um, top level domain in dot consulting you know so it's not widely known not that it has a massive negative impact on your seo however it doesn't tell google what country you're based in so one of the first things you're going to want to do is register your website with google search console used to be webmaster console and just tell google look i'm an australian site look you're based in australia you're going to be taking australian based clients you really want to be appearing just in the google.com.au searches. That's not to say you wouldn't take a google.com US search if it happened, but what you wanna do with SEO is you wanna to try to get to the top. So there's very little reward ranking, say position 11 for a highly searched for keyword. And the reason is, as the sort of old SEO saying goes, if you ever want to hide a body, the best place is on the second page of the Google results. Nobody goes there. And so the, the, the art here is to, to find 
to create the smallest market with the least amount of competition and get as high as you can. So really, you know, limiting just to Australia is a good way to do that. Now, my next thing doing that was to kind of have a look around and see, well, could you get the .com.au domain? Because that would make it easier. So one thing is to go to Search Console and tell Google that you're only focused on Australia. The easier and the more standard way to do it, of course, is to register a .com.au domain, in which case Google infers that you're only registering for the Australian Google search. In doing that, I also happened across another domain name, which I can only assume you guys own as well because it's the same company name and it's quintrelladigital.com.au, pretty much exactly the same site. And so I don't, I, I suggest that, you know, you've probably registered one and then registered the other and you're kind of not quite sure which one your core one is. I'm, I'm guessing the dot .consulting is what you want to focus the brand on. The problem you've got now is you've now created duplicate content. So in the very, very early days, you're now confusing Google because there's two websites and they've got to work out which one they want to rank. What you have to do is you're going to have to pick one. So pick one and then you want a 301 redirect. So a 301 redirect is a permanent redirect that tells Google, say, the .com.au domain is now permanently redirected to the .consulting domain. So in other words, we're saying any power or any authority that site had, I want to point at this domain. And it's kind of like, it's permanent, but in Google's eyes, it's saying, look, we're not going to change back. This is what we've decided to do. It's as permanent as, I don't know, you might say permanent as marriages are. I mean, you're saying it's definite. There are ways to come back, but it's never quite the same. That analogy is terrible. Don't think about it. So look, yeah, really pick one and focus on it. You don't want the duplicate content. Duplicate content is terrible that Google's not going to know which site to rank. And you really do want to just focus all your energy on one domain name. Now, to get those high rankings, you really have to focus. There's kind of two areas of SEO, and I'm sure in this podcast I'll cover it for a number of different people, but the main two areas are on-site and off-site. So on-site SEO is how, yes, you know, it's how well optimized, how relevant your content is in Google's eyes for a particular search term. And that's the SEO sort of work that most people are familiar with. The second part, and arguably more important after a certain stage, is the number of links, the number of references, which dictate the authority of the website. So early on, your links are going to be important. I kind of think of this as being a bit like an analogy about a racing car. Your on-site SEO, the, the content you write, the headings you write, the title tags you write, that's a bit like the racing car's aerodynamics. If you can make it really you know, optimized, really on point, you've got the potential for a really fast car. But the links and the citations are your engine. So that you want a bigger engine and you want, you know, I guess a really optimized car. And if you follow through like a, sorry, streamlined car. So if you follow through on that analogy, you can see that you need them both working together. If your car is well optimized, but literally has no engine, it does, it's not going to go anywhere. And that unfortunately is where you guys find yourselves. You've got a site. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Like it's indexable. You've got content, you've got some stuff on there, but there's no links. I think there's one link pointing to the dot consulting domain and it comes from the other domain. So if you're gonna do one thing on SEO, it's gonna to be to consolidate the domains. If you're gonna do two things in SEO, you're gonna start building up those links. And all you really wanna do is by adding more links is start to rank for your brand. If you can get that right, then you're gonna be in a better position. I did, you know, I did look at the .com.au sort of exact match domain name for you. Someone has registered it, they're not using it. I always think it's worthwhile sending in a speculative email. You can look it up. If you go to um, ozregistry.net.au and go to the who is and look it up, you can see the domain's owned by uh, a guy, what's his name here? Paul Rahal, 
It's got his email address in there. It's got an ABN. Shoot the guy an email, you know. The, the, the power of having that .com.au domain. Look, it's not going to make a massive difference in SEO, although I've said that and there's still debates around the benefits. But I think it just works better for you guys if you could own it. But really, for you guys, it comes down to you've got to start getting some links. The links are the engine for your SEO. If you can get those links, you'll start to rank. Then when you start to rank, you can start appearing for your brand term. And once you've got that locked down, then we could look to expand out to, to more commercial words. So I hope that helps. I hope you get a few guidance points. Obviously, super early days for you guys. The last thing I would say, just looking at the commercial terms, um, keywords, look, you can have a look at the keywords you might want to rank for in Google AdWords. It'll give you suggestions. I spent two, three minutes having a look around. I don't think there's much search demand specifically for your industry and marketing services. Um, there's lots for the, the services like so SEO services or digital marketing services or web hosting, but I don't think there's anything specifically set up for you guys for your target customers. So after you've owned that brand name, I think that you need to put some consideration into is there anything else to actually grab on the SEO front? Generic keywords, great, but you don't want to get into the, the game of trying to compete with other digital marketers for generic digital marketing terms. It might be that there's not a huge amount of demand out there specifically for your services. So you might just rank for your brand for SEO and just go, well, that'll do. And then I think, you know, I've looked at your social media, I've looked at your events and, and sort of the PR stuff. Look, obviously that's going to be your angle. So I'd probably focus mostly on that one. I hope that helps. My plan is to do, I guess, about 10 minutes on each of these. So I'm going to jump straight into the second one now. So the second site we've got today is from Anissa Varel, who submitted fairandsquare.com.au. Thanks so much for sending this one through. We've got another, obviously another founder with a, with a new website here. So I'll try to cover a couple of different topics um, than I covered on the last website. But suffice to say, most of the time, the ideas apply to both websites here that we've looked at. So straight up, I have a quick look at the website. It's nice. It's clean. You, you know, it, it's it's well laid out and and sort of, you know, surprise, surprise, you have a look and you go, okay, it's been built on Wix, which isn't actually a bad thing. A, a Wix or a Square website or a WordPress website, they kind of come with inherent built-in good on-site SEO. So by no means, you know, does it give you all the answers? But Wix, you know, when you go through that website setup, it does force you to do a few things to consider SEO. And early on, that's all you really need to do. So most of the things are pretty good on the website, as you would expect by Wix sort of churning these out. The one thing I guess I don't like about a one-page scrolling website is it is hard to break different topics up into different pages. So a separate page can't rank. You can't have a separate page that you can optimize around a different keyword. That being said, this early on, it's not a problem. Definitely wouldn't change anything. We're focused on some primary SEO objectives here. So, so things like a one page or splitting those pages out aren't an issue. We've got sort of bigger fish, fish to fry, uh, so to speak. Um, so a bit like the previous website, first thing, type in fair and square into Google. And you are there, but you're kind of in a position think well it, it fluctuates but you're kind of top of the second page so the the story about best place to hide a body kind of applies here as well same logic you know if you want to start to rank higher it's all going to come down to backlinks the on-site's not too bad we've really got to get that brand search ranking high so backlinks are, you know it's going to be the driving force between now and the next few months to make a difference 
quick look up in Ahrefs. So ahrefs.com is kind of a standard SEO tool. We use it because back in the old days, um, you used to be able to look at all Google's backlinks by checking with Google. Then they stopped and we started using Yahoo again for the single reason we wanted to get SEO results out of Yahoo. Now that's sort of gone away. There are sites or companies who actually spider the web much in the same way that Google does simply so people like me and other SEOs can do our analysis because we know the ranking factors. So go into Ahrefs, do a quick look for you. I can see seven backlinks from four different referring domains. So it's worth just touching on that. So the number of backlinks is a good indicator of the power of a site. The number of domains is in some ways better. If you think about it, with only four domains and seven links, that means some of those domains have linked more than once. And so it's a bit like sort of going to an election and voting twice kind of thing. In Google's eyes, well, you've already given a link and that's a vote. That's like a vote of confidence. Therefore, a second vote eh, doesn't make a massive difference. Look, it, it, it shows you obviously the site's very dedicated, but not a big difference. The main thing though is, look, these numbers are tiny. To put that in perspective, Ahref ranks all websites in terms of power that they find. And you come in sort of a touch just under the top 60 million websites in the world. I don't say that to be mean, just to put in context, you know, we're not really playing in the hard SEO game here. But I can also tell these these links only really appeared in, what well, we're getting March. So, you know, again, we're, it's a new website. So we're not going to stress about it too much. What we need to do is develop links. So how do you develop a link? Well, look, a link really is just what it says. It's another website linking to yours. So all you need to do is think of creative ways to get that. Now, as a starting point, there's a bunch of directories out there that'll link to you. The thing about a directory link is it's not worth that much. And the reason why it's not worth that much is a few different reasons, I guess. Firstly, the fact that you can just get a link means that it's not that highly sought after. It's kind of like everyone's just giving it away, so it doesn't really count. Secondly, it's not in a niche. So, you know, you're trying to rank for bank account related, project construction related keywords. A directory is not really going to have a niche for you. You're much better off getting a, a property company to link to you because that's more niched. Third reason why a directory doesn't really add that much is they link out a lot. So if you can imagine, it's like anything, if, if you do one thing too many times, it kind of loses value. So a directory site by its very nature will link out hundreds of thousands, if not millions of times. Therefore, that next link there, do they really care? Does it really matter? Probably not. But the thing is, it's a link. It's something. And when you're starting from a position of seven backlinks and four domains, directories are going to count. What you really want to do is focus on your industry. Focus on tradies, builders, construction companies, hire companies, supply companies, people that you're talking to. And you, you need to start thinking about these business relationships and start thinking about links as being money. And when you're in sort of negotiations and chats and walking around conferences, whatever you're able to do, think about that moment where you can say, you know, could you give us a link? A link would make a difference. Now, I, if I can remember to do this and I've said it, so if I forget, please comment on my LinkedIn or Twitter or something and remind me. But for these websites, you know, I should, you know, in my fractal post, I should just be linking to your website. If I add a link, fractal.com.au is not a hugely powerful website, but it is another uh, link. So if I was to forget, and you've made the effort of submitting your website, a normal 
proactive SEO thing to do would be to say, hey, Jared, you know, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the podcast. Thanks for your feedback. All that's fantastic. Would it be possible for you to just to link to our website in case someone wants to find it from the post where you know you put up the blog? Sure. I go in. It makes sense. It's relevant. It's contextual. I add it. That's one more. That's one more domain. You've just increased your SEO power by 20%. The last thing I'd say on that sort of SEO power is, look, the reason why it's so hard to work out is each site has a different amount of power and a different amount of relevance. So you want relevance first. Just really, if you just focus on the relevance, you'll get to where you need to get to. But power is kind of a construct of how many other sites link to you and how important those sites are. So it's kind of like like a cool kids around the you know, school ground game, right? More popular kids hang around more popular kids and it kind of, they all sort of grow together. So SEO is kind of the same way. You know, there are sites that are just more powerful. And if you can get a link from them, it makes a big difference. Also, if it's harder to get a link and there's a bit of trust and authority built into that, a better place. So for you, the best place to go is going to be government entities, government of Queensland. If you can get a qld.gov.au link, Google knows that you just don't get links from .gov.au sites easily. Same as .edu.au websites. These are hard to get. Yet, you know, I can see how there will be government bodies that would be interested. And when I touch on that, I sort of started to look at some of the keywords that you might rank for. And I guess one of the frustrating things is some of the sites you're going to be com- competing with are on .qld.gov.au websites. So if I start typing in things like instant complaint construction payments, project bank accounts, you know, you're competing there against, you know, hpw.qld.gov.au and qbcc.qld.gov.au. They're the, the first two websites that are ranking. They've got that government authority. So look, a couple of things from it. One, if you can get a link from those guys because you're part of the industry in any way, shape or form, it's going to give you a boost. The downside is they're already there in that space. So we've got to actually manage to outrank them. Now, going back to Ahrefs, if I plug one of these sites direct links in to get its value. So if I plug in hpw.qld.gov.au and the full URL, what I can see is there are no direct links into that page, like not, not from external sites. So all of its ability to rank comes from its domain name authority. So its URL authority, if you like, in in a scoring from zero to 100 is 11, which is pretty low in the grand scheme of things. But its domain rank, its domain authority comes in at 74, which is huge. So, you know, these are going to be hard sites to move out of their positions, but it is going to be doable because Google loves to make a specific site rank higher than a powerful site. So if you can be laser focused on those terms, then you're probably going to be in the right place. So I guess the last thing is just, you know, what are those terms, right? First, let's just get your brand name up to number one, own that spot. That's most important. But you do, there are keywords that you can chase, you know, project bank account, sorry, project bank accounts, you know, look, it's got a low search volume around 110 sort of searches a, um, a month, but I'm going to guess that, you know, you've got a reasonably high customer value and retention. So that's probably not a bad thing. The other thing you could look at whilst you're thinking about getting to that space is running some AdWords. So AdWords being the paid version of SEO. So this is where the ads that appear at the top of the rankings. Now, the downside is that's going to cost you 10, 13, maybe in as Google suggestion could be as high as $27. And the reason for that is because the competition that's coming through isn't from competitors to you, 
the competition is actually coming from like well, the Commonwealth banks appearing on the same searches. And so they'll be blank bidding across all the different keywords. So I guess, you know, why would you want to bid against Commonwealth Bank? Well, you're going to be highly relevant. So if you can start throwing up and only bidding on really specific keywords, then you're going to get probably a higher rank or high, much higher relevancy score, score than the Commonwealth Bank. You'll probably appear at the top for sort of around $10. Now that's a lot to pay per click, but a couple of things happen. One, potentially get some customers out of it. Two though, you get some insight into what the future of the SEO might look like. So if you were to buy 50 clicks, best part of you know maybe two or three months worth of traffic and you don't convert those into customers well pursuing those keywords for seo over the next three to six months only to discover that it doesn't convert is going to be a waste so you know by doing a bit of paid search now on those commercial keywords it's going to put you in a good place to predict you know if i do invest in seo beyond my brand name where am i going to get to so Something to have a look at, something to play around with. I definitely recommend a little bit of bidding just to sort of get a taste of what's happening. The last thing I'd say, just having a quick look at your website is you haven't got a huge amount of tracking on there. So look, throw some Google, get it, register a Google Analytics account, get the pixel, put it up onto that Wix website. There's a little plugin where it's easy to add in the, the Google Analytics code just to start getting some stats and just start seeing what your traffic's doing and getting a better view of your website. Look, it's not... Strictly speaking, tied to SEO, it is it is related, but there's some best practice things like that that I just guess I'd like to see you do. But look, I think it's a great market. There's not a huge amount of competition. I can only see sort of one commercial website really competing with you. I think if you can break above those government websites, I can see there is there's some search volume. There's not a huge amount of competition, and I think you've got a good chance of getting there. So best of luck with that, and I hope the SEO works for you. So the third site we're looking at in today's podcast comes from Paul Gordon, the founder of My Presences. And Paul's in a very different place, much more established site, a lot more history and a different challenge really. So simple tests, Paul ticks off, appearing for his brand. That's awesome. Something else that's worth noting, and the other two sites had this as well, but if you haven't, putting your site on a secure server is one of the quickest ways you can give yourself a little boost in SEO. Google prefers https over http so just as a rule take up the option put your site on a secure certificate and you'll get a small bump in your um, seo traffic but my presence is set up there they've got the right redirects right domain so we're in a good place to start with to put in a bit of context i think um remember correctly the last site was about in the top 59 million. So my presences comes in at top 14 million. So at 13 million, 700,000, still a huge number and lots of sites under, but gives you an idea of the scale. Backlink count for my presences is 1,600-ish, 1,700 backlinks off 145 domain names. So you kind of get an idea of the scale. Coming back to those Ahref ranks, the domain of my presences comes in at 13 and the homepage URL comes in at 10. So just, it puts that context in both the two previous sites and you know where a bit of established link and authority comes from, but also really highlights that previous site around .gov.au and how powerful they are and how hard they're gonna to be to remove with such high domain authority. So where's Paul at? Well, look, I'm not looking at his internal stats. I'm just gonna look from the outside like anyone else would be able to do. My guess, my presence is, organic SEO traffic is something like four or 5,000 unique visitors um, from around the world each month. The downside, I guess, for my presences that I can tell is that a lot of the keywords are, I won't say they're irrelevant, I just don't think they're necessarily going to drive business. 
So some of the top traffic keywords might be things like start local or find the company or local business guide or menus only or good gym guide. And you can tell why this happens because my presence is set up to reference the directory sites we spoke about before. And so people, you know, so my presence is sort of ranks second or third behind the main sites. So you can pick up a bit of traffic there, but a lot of it's going to be on those deeper pages. So it probably helps to set some context around what my presences does. Obviously you can type it in yourself, mypresences.com and have a look for yourself, but effectively it's an online reputation management service where my presences will go to the sites that will have reviews and mention things about your company and make sure that they're, you know, you're getting positive or if there's new stuff coming through and alert you. If you've ever worked in sort of with restaurants or hotels, you know how important it is to get like that good trip advisor rating. It can make or break a business. And so with my presences, you know, you can't be looking at that all the time and refreshing the sites. You need some way to get an alert. And there's not just one site out there, there's hundreds of sites. So, so I can see my presences as being a great service. The battle is at the moment, most of the people who are coming there are coming there not really looking to solve a problem. They're looking to find a site. So what do we need to do? Well, I can, I can see that you know Paul's created a blog and he's written some great content in there. Um, unfortunately, the blog itself, and the, so mypresences.com slash blog, it, it hasn't actually had any external links into those blogs, into the um, individual posts. So it's a little bit of a problem for Paul because he's getting all of his authority from his main domain, a bit like the government site I spoke about before. So the blog pages have obviously been written well. They've been researched. There's some keyword intensity around the content that's there, but there's no deep links into those blog pages. Therefore, they're not really going to be getting any traffic. In fact, I'd suggest looking from the outside, probably none. And so you can tell that Paul's done all the things right on his site. Like, you know, he's got a good website. He's got some links. But this is where with SEO, we kind of need to think of a couple of other strategies. What else can we do? So I guess two things um, spring to mind. The first one is I did notice that My Presences has a like a free 14-day trial. Pretty classic, you know, standard pricing model. But I do wonder whether there's a an option for like to continue like a limited free trial in exchange for a link and you would never be so crass as to say you know if you give us a link i'll i'll give you a sort of continuous low level free trial but you might do something more like allow someone to put a button or some kind of reference on their website that says that they use my presences for monitoring their reputation online etc etc and the reason why i think this would work for my presences where it might not work for other companies is my guess is that my presences has a spidering solution out there that's already going off and looking at these websites, the review websites that is, and collecting data and monitoring. So I don't think it'd be a big stretch for Paul to create the same technology for people who use the service, who might run a small local restaurant business, who are able to say, you know, a little HTML button in the footer of one of their pages, which could quite easily become all of their website to say that they manage their online reputation with My Presences and have that link through to the My Presences restaurant sub page. And all of a sudden, you know, Paul's got another domain, a link back and you look, he might be foregoing some revenue, but I would suspect the vast majority of these business owners 
are pretty tight with the cash and <laughs> it, it might be a little bit of a struggle. It's much more likely that he's, I'm going to guess again, you know, agencies are, are probably offering this as part of their sort of social media management monitoring kind of service or bigger companies. And it's almost like the point where someone wouldn't add the button to their website. So if I'm running a, a small local restaurant, I don't want to pay $14 a month. I'll add a button to the website if I can. And I'm happy with that because it doesn't really matter. If I'm running a you know, decent, you know, $50, $60 million boutique hotel in a city, I'm probably not going to add the button. But in that case, paying $14 a month probably isn't going to be an issue. I think just while I think of it, you know, when I think about the previous two websites we looked at, and I mentioned you were going to get links, you've got to find the directories. In an indirect way, my presence this is actually a fantastic way for the two previous founders to think about building links for their website. So if you look at my presences and you've got a marketing services website, you can go to my presences, you can see all the different sites on the web that will maintain reviews around your services, which in itself has some intrinsic value, or maybe you find that scary. I don't know, but but for a lot of them, there's a good chance that you will get a link. So it might be that trawling through my presences is a great way to actually find sites that could potentially link to you. It's not what my presence is, is designed for, but it might be a good starting mechanism to sort of find some different sites out there to get some links. So anyway, getting back to what we can do for my presences, I think that's it's a bit of a, a hacky concept and it will take a little bit of fleshing out, but that idea that you could potentially ex- exchange links from sites that weren't going to link to you anyway, or sorry, pay anyway, in exchange for those links might be a way we can sort of boost that reputation send some links in a bit deeper in terms of the blog content i think we've got to start thinking about placing that content out on external sites so working with say local media marketing agencies social media managers who are running blogs looking for content doing that outreach and saying hey we can write you know so you can pitch to a social media management you know one or two person show out in seattle in the u.s and right on their blog because they're always going to be looking for more content and talk about what it is to manage reputation or do an interview or do a podcast or whatever you can do but i think continuing to write content on a blog that has no links is going to be a struggle look it's good to own your content it's good to have it on your site and if you've got a choice all the things being equal that's the best place for it but until you've got that power you're better off writing on somebody else's site if they're willing to take your written word but you know what you've written is good and get the link as payment. And if you can start doing it like that, there's a tipping point that occurs when eventually you are better off putting the content on your site because it'll rank forever. But I don't think we're there yet with my presences in the blog. So I'd like to see that built into the strategy. The last thing I really want to look at with my presences is just around the keywords. I think we've got to get tighter into the intent and the use case of potential customers around SEO. So as I said before, a lot of the search terms are based around the sites that my presences look look at but i don't necessarily see those being a high demand or at least those people aren't necessarily going to convert did a bit of research into keywords around managing reviews on these websites and those sites being specifically mentioned but again i didn't really see high search volume so there wasn't much we could do there what i did find a lot of search volume for i was bringing up on my screen was around as you would imagine reputation management online reputation these were there's decent demand out there not a huge amount but a decent amount. So we're still talking, and because my presence is global, you know, reputation management might only have, say, 270 or um, searches a month in Australia, or online reputation management might have 270. But once you start considering, you know, a broader market, so I'll just 
have a look at just by throwing the United States into that same search, we go from sort of 270 to 4,400. So completely different game. That's just adding the US. Of course, you've got UK, Canada, and all the other English-speaking countries to roll in there. So my presence is he's playing in a much bigger space. What's interesting is once you get to that kind of volume, the nature of search is that once the two-word search has become popular enough, they move into three-word, which move into four-word. So you can start augmenting those searches with things like restaurant reputation management, which has got 110 searches a month. Not massive, but the competition is low. And it's, so it's completely different. So all of a sudden, my presence is able to maybe write blog posts specifically targeted to niche areas and focus around and write really detailed blogs around what that might be. Dry, and, and, and I think, look, there's a lot to be said for just creating one page that focuses on one keyword and then writing lots of different content and putting that out on the web and focusing it all on your one page. So rather than maybe five, 600 word blog posts, maybe we think about creating pages, not on the blog, but pages on the site, specifically targeted to these three keyword um, search terms, we've got a chance for ranking. By all means, put blog posts and link them back, but maybe focusing the content out to people who work in that industry, people, you know, restaurant owners who blog, and you know, you could you could you know get on their blogs or their social media and point that back to your restaurant long form content, which can then you know still sell. You can still have an image, you can still put your ads around it, but really focusing on that one page where you really focus on restaurants or accounting firms or marketing agency, whatever the, whatever the term happens to be, and we focus around those. If we can pick out those easier to win terms, where it's industry plus reputation management or industry plus reputation manager or management or online solutions or software or services, whatever it happens to be, we look at the competition, we decide what we're going to go after, we build a hero page around that, we put a lot of content out that points links back, and then you've got a chance to rank. And for me, the difference in traffic is going to be huge. Whilst the volume might not match what we were talking about before, the real reason we're doing it is because these people are likely to pay. These are people who are self-identifying as having a problem and or a desire to buy similar kinds of services. But the great thing about My Presence is because it's a SaaS product, it's going to be cheaper than paying a person to do it for you. And of course, you've got that lock-in of that monitoring. So the real thing with My Presences is we need some links into that blog. It's a bit stronger. We need to start thinking about putting the content off My Presences to get those links pointing back in to build that reputation. I'd like to consolidate the content around some hero content pieces, which go from sort of 400 keywords to two or 3,000 really detailed research advice pieces. Embed some videos, audio, whatever you need to do. Keep that dwell time really, really high. And then slowly work your way up the keywords pick the battles that you've got a chance for and then work your way up until you get stronger and stronger and look in an ideal world you rank number one for reputation management it might not happen but it's nice to set the plans there and i guess the last point i'll make and i've just touched on it when i spoke before at the beginning of the podcast i spoke about this car analogy and you know seo is really made up of on-site and offsite. And they, they are the biggest two factors. And you can't have one at zero. You've got to have a mix of the two. Um, and it's the combination of the two that decide how you're going to rank. There's more, there's an increasing third element to SEO that didn't exist four or five years ago. And that's around the user interaction with your website. 
And so what I mean is this is where Google looks at if I send you a visitor, if someone types in online reputation tool, management tools, so online reputation management tool, and they go to my presences and they stay there for a long period of time and don't come back and conduct the same search, that's a win for Google. And so all other things being equal, they would look to move my presences up. Now, if that person was to put in a different keyword, I'll look up one of the other keywords that maybe we rank for, um, service crowd, where you know, uh, at the moment it ranks number one. The problem is if someone types in service crowd, goes to my presences, looks and says, well, this isn't really what I wanted, back type a different search in, try again, that's a massive negative impact to my presences. They spent maybe a second, they went back and they conducted another search. In Google's eyes, that's a Google fail. And so in that keyword, they're gonna reduce the ranking of my presences. Again, it's, it's a combination factor of the relevance of the content on the site, the amount of authority the site has in the number of links and citations, but that user journey and Google tracking that user journey is becoming a much, much bigger part of how they're looking to rank websites. Not something to worry about so much when you're just starting out, but if you're trying to sort of gain those top keywords, that becomes the sport that you're playing. And that's why I'm suggesting longer keywords, better research, videos, audio, whatever you need to do, infographics, hold those people in that site for as long as you can, and you've got a good chance of moving up the rankings. So look, Paul, I, I hope those suggestions work. I'm, I'm happy to have a bit more of a, a chat with you on the um, the idea of spidering and, and tracking links. It's something I've used before and had some success with. Look, that's the first three. I've got at least next week's podcast on SEO. I'll try to tackle different concepts. And I hope, look, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you've taken some great ideas from it. Just based on the number of responses, I think I'm definitely going to be um, doing sort of the SEO theme again in a couple of months. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, of course, just remember, find the latest, latest episode on LinkedIn, drop your questions, put your site in, ask me whatever you'd like. I'd love to include you in the show and I'll see you all next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to that latest episode, guys. I've just got two quick favors to ask of you here right at the end. Firstly, if you have any questions, please shoot them through. This podcast only exists because I answer the questions that listeners send in. So if you head along to fractal.com.au slash questions, that'll redirect you to the latest episode and you can drop your questions down there. Those questions you submit become the basis for each episode. So if you've got a question around SEO, paid search, growth hack marketing, PR, brand positioning, market segmentation, anything you might like to know that's going to help your business, drop the question down there and I'll try to answer it on the next episode. If you don't have any questions, that's absolutely fine. The other thing you can do is head on over to fractal.com.au slash subscribe. Subscribing to this podcast not only delivers each episode straight through to your smartphone, but it really helps me reach a bigger audience all the time. That subscription really helps me out. So if you can do that, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks a lot for your time again and see you next week.